Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seeing It All. We break down this week's biggest movie and TV news. No Haunted Mansion review this week. We're recording it actually one day early, but we still have tons and tons to discuss. We got Barbie and Oppenheimer breaking box office records. We got Secret Invasion finale, which is not good. Invincible Season 2 news. The Marvels trailer. We got a lot, a lot to break down. But first, I want to start off with the box office of this past week. And it was just an incredible experience. One of the best movie-going experiences of all time. It was, I have never seen my theater this busy. Even even Avengers Endgame, I have never seen it this busy. It was just crazy. I went and saw Barbenheimer on Thursday in Pensacola, with as you saw in the video. And it wasn't too terribly crazy, but I went again and saw Barbie on Friday with my sister. And it was just, it was a madhouse. Things were selling out left and right. And on Saturday, I went and saw Indiana Jones with some friends. And people were just standing around and talking. I just, I don't understand. They were just standing around talking. And these people kept coming in, coming in. And it was so crowded. It was just awesome. I had never seen a movie completely sell out at a local theater of mine. Besides maybe Avengers Endgame. But Barbie sold out as we were in line. And I've never, ever seen that before at my local movie theater. And all the employees looked like they were not prepared for this at all. It was just, it was such a cool experience. There were people sitting in the front, very front row of the theater. But movie theaters do well when you have a diverse offering of movies. That is why. This weekend is the fourth biggest weekend of all time for the domestic box office. It's only behind Avengers Endgame, which had like 400 million total for the whole weekend, and then Avengers Infinity War in 2018, and then Star Wars The Force Awakens by all the way back in 2015. But the biggest since the pandemic started is this weekend. And you may think, well, what about Spider-Man No Way Home? That had like the third biggest opening of all time. See, it made 260 million itself opening weekend. But everything else made like no money. So that weekend accounted for $280 million. So this is the third, the fourth biggest box office going weekend of all time, which is insane. No one, nobody predicted that. Absolutely nobody predicted that. Predicted that. Absolutely incredible. And it brings me so much joy to see movie theaters so full and people having such a good time. And this is a lot of lessons to be learned for the studios. What performed what just performed the best this summer new and original film so i want to start with the the big performance weekend and that is barbie barbie performed incredibly it was just insane it has the biggest opening for a film that is not a sequel remake or a comic book movie at 162 million domestic i think it's like 360 worldwide absolutely absolutely bonkers how much money this made it had to ace in the score so people came out liking it see i was a little worried because it's not what the trailer advertised in the slightest like they hide what this movie really is and people came in not expecting what they got but they still love what they got so that you just you just know it's a good movie it's a good movie when you get an ace in the score especially when you're not expecting going in what you're about to see it's the biggest it's the biggest opening of the year it bested super mario bros which opened on a that open on a Wednesday, so it went on. It had like a two hundred million dollar five day opening, but it in actually it's three day weekend. It made like one forty six. So this is the biggest opening of the year, and is the biggest opening of all time for a female director, and it's the biggest for Margot Robbie, who was in on Suicides, which made like one hundred thirty three million. And this is definitely the biggest for Ryan Gosling. He hasn't been in too many huge box office performances. It has a hundred forty five million dollar budget. Warner Brothers is finally going to make money after <laughs> being starved for cash with the Flash. They lost so much money. They finally, they finally have a money maker. I saw someone make a joke like every time Warner Brothers finds themselves the pit, the God God steps in and saves them with Aquaman in 2018, Joker in 2019, and now Barbie. So <laughs> they just keep stepping in. They they strike gold every now and then. Uh, the advertising was killer, and the movie lived up to the astronomical hype, and that propelled it propelled it even further. I loved it 
like way more the second i knew going in expecting what it to be when i went and saw my sister it was just it was so much more fun when and expect waiting for audiences to react to certain moments it was great there was barbie barbie cosplayers everybody was wearing pink barbie popcorn buckets just everybody everybody it's the first time i've seen a film commercialize a color like how barbie has commercialized pink like now every time you go out and see someone wearing pink you're like oh i bet they saw barbie or they're wearing it for barbie or something i've never seen a film commercialize a color the way barbie has also monday and tuesday numbers came out and they are the biggest warner brothers has ever seen as a studio i think it it made 26 million on monday and about same on tuesday and that's better i think their previous record holder was the dark knight and maybe aquaman but that is insane how much money this movie this movie is going to play out and will almost certainly hit the billion dollar club if not higher it might even surpass super mario bros which had 1.3 billion it could do it it just i have no no i no concept of how it's gonna go it was just an eventful and really, really fun weekend in the movie theater. And it's one of my most memorable experiences of movie going of all time. Like it's up there as one of my favorite times going to the movie theater. I just, it just makes me so happy. And then as for the other huge success, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer overperformed it well. It had an 82 million opening weekend, about 182 million worldwide. Incredible for an adult R-rated drama. It has an A cinema score as well. People are loving barbenheimer together as one they have an asymmetric score they both have very similar rotten tomato score everybody are lo everybody's loving these films this is christopher nolan's biggest opening outside the dark knight and the dark knight rises i believe so outside of his batman stuff this is his biggest opening ever for him personally it had a hundred okay i saw last week 180 million dollar budget but now people are just coming back and saying the 100 million dollar budget so i'm not exactly sure but either way it's going to make money it's probably going to end around 600 to 700 million worldwide which is going to make so much money for universe i'm so they're probably so happy right now they invested in christopher nolan and that christopher nolan's probably super happy he left warner brothers <laughs> but that's incredible for an adult r-rated drama that is three hours long i seriously can't believe it's doing that well I know so many people that went and saw this movie. I'm like, you really went and saw Oppenheimer? And then I talked to people who want to go see it. I was like, you know it's three hours, right? And they're like, no, but I still want to see it. So that is just, it's just absolutely incredible. I seriously, I just can't believe it. And it's doing that well based on three things. The main one being Christopher Nolan's name, how they sold this movie, the amazing reviews. And I think Barbenheimer is projecting both these films even higher. That The films that usually you say, oh, this one took away business from the other one. But here, as we see here, more people saw Barbie because of Oppenheimer. More people saw Oppenheimer because of Barbie. Actually, it came out that 6% of moviegoers who saw Oppenheimer did so because Barbie was sold out. So you're literally seeing how it's helping Oppenheimer because that one sold out. Also, it's making a lot of money off the IMAX upcharges. Hopefully, this can show movie theaters that they need to invest more in premium format screens because people will pay to see movies on them. Just an absolutely incredible success, success for it for this film. It has now become the Oscars frontrunner alongside with Barbie and maybe Air. Those are probably like the three Oscar frontrunners. Maybe Past Lives, which I still have yet to check out. Christopher Nolan might have his best director Oscar here. But as for a film that did not bode so well this weekend, we had all this Barbenheimer hype. Those two films did exceptionally well, but one that didn't didn't do so well despite this overall success with the streaming service. Streaming streaming for the movie theater industry as a whole. And that is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning in its second weekend. It fell 64%. 19.5 million that's oh that's really rough that's really rough it might not even make i think now it's projected to make 160 to 180 million domestic which is right in line with like uh indiana jones and dial destiny and i think maybe fast x i think they ended up making that same range that's bad these films are supposed to have really good legs rogue nation the fifth mission possible that fell around 50 percent and fallout fell i think 43 percent that's that's the last one they did these films are just supposed to have legs and it's not it this one would have had legs if it weren't for barbenheimer i think Paramount just really sucks at picking release dates this year. They had Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, 
sandwiched in between John Wick 4 and Mario Brothers. And then you had Transformers Rise of the Beast sandwiched in between Elemental, Spider-Man, Little Mermaid. It was just... And now this. Someone needs to be fired for picking release dates for the studio because I think Tom Cruise should have recognized, oh, I have Barman Hammer coming in the second week and we got Indiana Jones still. I think we move it back to an August release date where there's nothing. There's Blue Beetle making $12 million this opening weekend. They need... It's just... They need a better release date picking people. Also, I think most moviegoers have become tired of this franchise. The biggest movies this summer are now our new original fresh takes, not Fast X, Indy 5, or Mission Impossible 7, or Transformers 7. It's just, people have grown stale some of these franchises. I think, even the last ones probably made money, I think you just gotta recognize when audiences run out of steam at this point. I think that's why Fast is ending, and I'm making another Indiana Jones movie. Probably be a bit before we see another Transformers film, besides the animated one. And I think they should end... They should end this franchise at eight at this point. Go out with a huge bang before Tom Cruise kills himself like you know he will. It just sucks a movie that is so good is not doing the best right now. But hey, at least the overall industry is thriving. But last thing I want to mention discussing the box office is that we were <laughs> that we were seeing, as I said, the fourth biggest weekend of all time. The week after the actors joined the writers on strike. Barbie and Oppenheimer were sold on the talent involved, not the CEOs of these companies that are making millions of dollars. You think this would go, this would show the studios their value pay them fairly now you they're starting to delay fall releases to turn the public against the actors they're just so stupid and greedy and evil they delayed challengers as in day of tennis movie they delayed that to april there's rumors now they're going to delay aquaman again which is ridiculous just don't do it nobody wants to sustain these dc films any longer they're going to delay dune 2 maybe the color purple maybe all these films which is so stupid when you can save so much money say so much it, the interest is going to go up on those films by the way they're going to lose so much money delaying them it's just so stupid just pay these people what they're worth i don't i don't understand the it, and especially with the writer stuff where they're asking for people to come on set and they can learn more for there that'll actively help the product that you're producing you're like you're working against yourself it's just oh it just makes me so angry the stupidity of some of these people that are getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars but as for something that's a little bit less angry that i'm actually really happy about moving some really we had some really great news with Barbenheimer, really some sad news with Mission Possible in the state of the industry right now. But Invincible, I don't think I've ever talked about Invincible on this show before, but Invincible Season 1, I think, is one of like the best TV shows of all time. At least animated-wise, it's up there in my top three. It's probably my third favorite overall. I really Gravity Falls is probably my favorite, then Avatar Last Airbender, and then probably Invincible. They are it is such a good show. The characters are amazing, particularly Omni-Man. He has all those memes. If you've seen all those memes of Omni-Man, he trust me, he is so good. He deserves all those memes. He's same with Homelander. They're like pretty much similar. They're similar characters, but I love both of them. He's a great, great character. And by that final episode I of the first season, I was on the edge of my seat wondering if Mark was going to die. They really made me think he could. But spoilers, by the way, for Invincible Season 1 from here on out. If you haven't seen it, it came out back in 2021. Stop right now. I highly, highly recommend it. So you can check off now, but go watch Invincible Season 1. Uh, just a little discrepancy. It's very violent, but go check it out. Uh, the only qualms I have with their se first season was the animation. It's very, very cheaply made animation, like something you could see on YouTube, and it felt pretty cheap and static, but it's such a good and concise show. It's a good hour-long, they're all hour-long eight episodes. It's great. They're basically the only ones at Comic-Con right now, the Invincible crew, and they finally brought a full trailer and release date with them. November 3rd is going to be a release date for Invincible Season 2, and there will be four episodes released weekly until November 24th, and then the next four episodes will arrive in early 2024. I don't like this breakage at all, but if it means we can get season two here quicker, then I'm here for it. Hopefully that means they have some bomb drop in episode four, then we have to sit on it for a couple months and just feel real bad about it, which is what they're probably going to do.
Season three actors also have reportedly recorded their lines, so we shouldn't have a huge gap between season two and three like we did in the first two seasons. But I want to get into that trailer, and then we'll talk about the other surprise announcement that they made. But now this is a very much a teaser trailer that spends most of the time showing off its voice cast. There's still a lot of animation to do, I guess, but it was a lot of black screen flashing names. I'm like, I don't really care about the voice actors. I more care for about the animation itself and the story going on. I'm not being sold on the anime movie because of the cast versus live action film i could be sold on a live action film based on the cast but animations completely different ballpark everyone is returning new voices are being added the one that stood out to me most of that being added was sterling kane brown i love him he has a very soothing voice but the standout moment of this trailer was of course seeing omni man again and he gives another <coughs> excuse me <laughs> he gives another fantastic line when he says you should have died at birth. This is just meme potential waiting to happen. And I'm so ready for all the Omni-Man memes again. I, I told my friend, I was like, you need to watch the show. And I played the trailer first. She's like, I recognize it for some reason. And then I was like, have you seen the memes? And I showed her a picture of the memes. She's like, oh yeah, I've seen the memes. That's where that's from. So hopefully we get as good of memes as we did for the first season. I'm so happy to see the show returning. This and the boys is what is keeping Amazon Prime streaming up because they are both so good. And Lord of the Rings is just so bad. I need to rewatch season one so bad now. I started the first episode. I already walked through the first episode, but I want to like space it out so I don't watch it all and then have to wait two months for season two. I know this teaser is very much a teaser that it probably won't be encouraging to outsiders, but I highly recommend you pop on the first season. The only caveat being if you can't handle large amounts of violence, I said, and I mean, I mean large amounts of violence, probably the most violence I've ever seen in anything, period. They kill a lot of people. But the other big news from Comic-Con, from the Invincible crew, was the Adam Eve special that they surprise dropped in the middle of the night. That being is a standalone episode for Adam Eve, which I'm going to do like a quick review here. I didn't expect this episode at all. It came out of nowhere. It's an origin for Adam Eve, who is a great character. She's much better than Amber mark's girlfriend in the show but she her powers are awesome i love the pink when it clashes with mark's blue it's it's perfect perfect combination her powers are pretty cool but i don't remember being too spectacular she kind of takes back seat in the finale of the show where it really gets good to mark and his dad so i don't remember too much about her character that's why i have to rewatch because it's been two years but it took me a few days and i finally sat down and watched this with it, it took me a few days because i had barbenheimer and work and just so much craziness but i finally sat down and watched the special and it's really really good i love almost every episode of the first season of invincible and this is right up there it's not as good as the final two episodes of the first season but it's still a great episode and i highly recommend it but spoilers lie ahead for Adamy's special i firstly want to mention that the action has never looked better in the show there was a ton and the use of her powers was really inventive she's fighting with car i think fighting with cars like when you're fighting on a freeway or something and cars are driving by just ups ante that much i loved it when they did it in john wick 4 and i loved it when they did it in indiana jones style destiny it's just it's just awesome i love it i love when, you, when you're trying to fight statically and you have just crazy objects flying by you at 60 miles an hour it's awesome just adds a level of anxiety to us to a scene that just makes it so much better she's also fighting with her family twice <laughs> she's fighting with her step parents and now she's fighting with her family that her real family that's been torn apart and ruined by the government her fighting with her siblings it's probably the best action i've probably ever seen in animation it's on level with the avatar last airbender stuff but it was just so so good and the way she used her powers the inventiveness of it was awesome in the end she has no one and the only family she has left she can't tell them what's really going on it's very sad but it's it's very poetic and you have the action mounts with the family stuff it's just so good her powers are just so cool here and they were so versatile the doctor was awesome too as he stalked around I just animation still subpar though as i said with invincible season one the animation still looks pretty cheap like you didn't get that much big i guess all the budget still went to the voice cast but i think they could have invested a little bit a little bit more 
Oh, and my only other nitpick is that we cut to Mark and Omni-Man stuff at the end, and it wasn't really necessary in this episode at all. It kind of felt jarring, and we didn't really learn any new info other than Omni-Man's, like, like they he's ready, he wants Mark so he can be evil and stuff. And I'm like, we already knew that from first season, so I don't know why they had to cut to that. I think they could just end it, catch it with Adam Eve stuff. Maybe do a flash forward with Adam Eve, give us, like, a taste of season two. I don't know. I love the backstory that we got for this character for Adam Eve, and this ties us over while we wait patiently for Invincible Season 2, which I think I have decided that I will be reviewing weekly. If I can review the crap show of Secret Invasion weekly, I think Invincible can sustain a weekly review, so I'm excited for that. But definitely check it out. Amazon Prime is the most sub-streaming service, because you get that two-day two, for, two day free shipping, so I know most of you have it, and this is a great j- jumping on point for the show. And plus, it's not as violent as the rest of the show is, so definitely check that out. And then, as for a new trailer we got... It's for the Marvels. I actually really enjoyed the first Captain Marvel like a lot. The more and more I watch it, the more and more I enjoy it. I remember I came out of that film like top three MCU, and then I had to sit down. I was like, no, but it's good. I had a fun time watching it. I had a really fun time, and I I love Brie Larson. I think I'm the only person that excuse me. I think I'm the only person that likes Brie Larson at this point. And then WandaVision, I think, is the best Disney Plus show. But Monica was probably one of the lesser parts of the show. It was at its best when it focused on Westview and the characters inside Westview, specifically Wanda's family, maybe Agatha. So I didn't think Monica stood out, but I loved her powers and how she got them. That was cool. And then Ms. Marvel, I think, was a cute show that I like more and more that I see of it, but not one that I'm like overly fond of. I don't think it's one of the best best Marvel shows or anything, but I love all three of those characters, though, and I'm I'm very excited to see them team up. Amon Vellani is the best, though. Miss Marvel's actress, she's now writing a Miss Marvel comic, so I think she, she might succeed Feige. Who knows? In 20 years, maybe she'll be running the MCU, but I love, as I said, the trio leading this film. It's a little A-Force light, but I love that they're not just great because they're women. They are just great. The leads of this three are just three women, and that's super cool. Like, they don't even, they're not even doing this whole feminist thing again. They're just, three women are leading the movie, and that's how it is. Same with, like, Ahsoka. Like, if you think about it, they don't have these people coming out and attacking because they're not, like, boasting about being so feminist moving forward. They just have three women leading them. That's normal. It's just great. I just, just love it. Just can we all get along and be happy? <laughs> then you got Nick Fury to bounce him out from Secret Invasion, which we'll talk about in a bit. But he's here. He's looking more like his Nick Fury self, unlike in the TV show. But Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel dazzles as always. I love her power so much, especially when she just runs her body through spaceships. She just pounces right through him and destroys him immediately. Monica, we haven't seen too much of her powers on the trailer, and hopefully that means they're saving the bulk of them for the film itself. She kind of, it's kind of, she seems like more of a co-lead between her and Carol, but they are not giving much about her character. They're giving more Captain Marvel stuff because her movie did make a billion dollars, and the Miss Marvel stuff is a comedic relief. Relief. I love her new costume as for Miss Marvel. I love everyone's new costumes. Captain Marvel has a dark, darker, darker. I can't speak. Has a darker costume. The black and white for Monica, and now the red, gold, and blue for Miss Marvel. They they all look they look very very good. She's Miss Marvel as I said. She's being pay, played up as a comedic relief in this trailer, but I think her role is going to be much deeper than just that. There's a few shots where you can see there's a bit of emotion on her face. Not, <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of emotion on her face. This is such a stupid statement, but you can tell it's a little bit more in depth with some of the shots we see there. So I'm curious what the context of those is, and I can't wait to see. Florkins, we got tons and tons of cast. They know the audience of this film, and I'm surprised Nick Fury is so friendly with them now, even though one of them sliced his eye out. So <laughs> I wouldn't trust them ever again if they did that to me. What if like PTSD from that? And for the as for the action scenes, they're not giving too much away, but I'm really excited to see the switching places dynamic play out on screen. The final shot of the trailer shows them all leaping into battle together. It looked really cool, and I wonder if they will call themselves a force in the film itself. Who knows? But I just I hope they integrate it as you saw in the first teaser where they were switching places to accurately punch them. I hope it's not like one quick scene. I hope they learn to do that throughout a whole action scene. That could be so cool. Um, the, as for the villain, she doesn't seem the most interesting other than that she's carrying a similar staff to Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy. And she's also the reason they're switching places. 
and more importantly, she's Tom Hiddleston who plays Loki's wife. I find that fact more funny than any of the stuff she's done in the film herself. Also, she's wearing like some weird thing on her teeth that makes it look creepy. So I guess that's cool, but also odd. The villain is being kept shrouded though, but the CGI looks really great and not flawed. Maybe with Cards of the Galaxy and now this, Marvel is getting VFX artists, VFX artists plenty of time to work on their stuff. The CGI in Secret Invasion is pretty good in the first five episodes. There isn't a ton of it. That last episode, the CGI was really, really, really bad. So I, t- I take back my statement I said about the CGI Secret is good because that last episode, ooh. Oh, and the music is the same as the first trailer, but it's still as good as it was in the beginning. I really, I really want this movie to be good. And I have high hopes for it. If it can ride that Barbie train, I think it can. I think it honestly could ride that Barbie train. Also, if it's good, it will somehow drown out the hate. You know this movie's going to get for starring Brie Larson. Enough with the hate. If you don't like it, just don't go see it. But I'm going to see it. And I am looking forward to it after this awesome trailer. And November comes soon enough. Please, studios, don't delay this because the actor strike. Just pay your actors, actors and writers fairly so we don't have to delay all these films. Please. And then as for some Marvel news that I am not as excited about. And that is a secret invasion of the finale. And I think this show is one of the worst things MCU has ever done. If not the worst. Honestly, this is the worst. I think this is the worst project Mar- the Marvel has ever made. It was just, it was awful. But let's get into the meat room in this episode. That includes spoilers, so check out if you haven't seen the episode yet. So I'm going to spoil it all. But I want to talk, they have two plot lines going along here. And I want to start with one that I like a little bit more. And that one, it follows President and Rhodey, while the other follows Gravik and Fury slash Guy. But the one I like more is the one following Rhodey and the President. It's thrilling to see Rhodey try to deface the president. I love that aspect of the show. That's a good aspect of the show where you have a scroll that's in position of power and it's actually using its influence and the people are believing them, but it, and then it got stupid. But <laughs> Sonya gets involved and she's honestly the best part of the show. I love Olivia Coleman. She's just awesome and everything. There's a reason. I'm pretty sure she has two Oscars at this point. There's a reason. There's a reason she has so many accolades and awards. They finally get Rhodey pinned down and Fury shows up and now they have to convince the president what Rhodey's really doing why didn't they just shoot him this is where it gets stupid it's moments like these that really bother me when they show how characters will just shoot down other enemies but pull their punches at the final line to convince the president how about you just shoot him like you did every other nameless character in the show i hate especially this is a star wars star wars rebels tangent because i'm watching rewatching that show how they'll just like aimlessly kill stormtroopers like in the face they'll shoot him in the face and then they get to the big bad guy the head honcho of the emperor empire no we can't kill them we can't kill these people Yes, you can. You've done it before, you hypocrite. Just because you see their face, you—it <laughs> just makes you angry. And I just think, free. They should have just. It took ten minutes before they finally. They—they they could have if they cut it down to the last second about preventing like World War Three, and they could have done it if they just shot him in the face. The writing is so bad. And then in the end episode, we see that the president has taken it upon himself to create a task force to kill all the scrolls on Earth and all aliens. And it's like the third alien invasion at this point. So I mean. He has good motive and wants them to leave the planet. He wants the scrolls to be gone, but it cuts. And then it cuts between mercenaries actually killing characters we saw earlier. Like that was really cool. Fury is pissed. That is, this is what I wanted the show to be. This like little development in the last five minutes of the show could have propelled it. This could have been a whole show. I think this, that would have been a much, it was such a cool idea. I wish this would have been like the halfway point in the season. And we realized that humanity is a real villain here and the scrolls were never going to find a home and graphic was somewhat right, but they threw this in last minute. I think you could have done so much with a development like that and who who the heck knows when they're going to even pick up this plot line with all the stuff they have to do are we ever going to get resolution in this and it seems like phase four and now five are just throwing characters at the wall hoping they're stick while promising they will show up again later we're going to pick up on this later don't you worry and 
but there's so many projects we haven't seen all these new characters again they just keep it's gonna take six years before we see this stuff again and then they keep adding new people like chill like it's it's just insane how it's being run at this point it's they're, they're making too much stuff and they can't follow up the stuff that they've already made and i don't think they're ever going to follow up to this because the show is nobody's watching it and it's really badly received also how is the president in this not the president captain america brave new world are they seriously going to explain that that off screen when they had a TV show to actually flesh it out, like the stuff you could really flesh out, like the political intrigue stuff, and they're not. The decisions being made here are just mind boggling. But as for the other plot on this episode that I liked even less, it is we see Nick Fury had to take out Gravik once and for all. Very anticlimactic, by the way. Did he murder? Did Gravik murder all the scrolls already? It's just really, really confusing. I think Secret Invasion with millions of scrolls, it wouldn't come down to just one guy punching another guy, like they would have some more big climactic stuff with on a larger scale but no especially with 212 million dollar budget no it's really confusing gravic gives his big speech about the world and he sucks as a villain and it's not menacing in the slightest and his logic makes no sense because fury failed then let's kill everyone it's just it's really stupid and i just punched him in the face like oh yeah, sure awful but gaia slash fury fury gaia was turning into fury and now it's gaia fighting him he gives him the DNA, Avengers DNA, and they both get it because Gravik didn't realize it wasn't Fury. And then we have a super scrolls fight. But I want to talk about the audacity that they gave Gaia. Well, they gave them both, but Gaia killed Gravik. They gave Gaia every single Avengers power. She's become the most overpowered person that it kind of destroys your universe when you have someone that that can do that. Like every project now, we're like, why didn't Gaia just show up? She can beat anything because she has the power of Thanos. She has the power of Hulk. She has the power of Captain Marvel. It's just that is such a stupid decision that you approve that because it really, really bends the fabric of your entire universe and could just destroy it all. Could destroy it all. I thought they were going to save their budget for the finale, but they did not. It looked awful. It looked absolutely awful. We see her use Mantis' powers, Drax' powers, telepathy guy from Avengers, uh, the, the villain, I forgot his name, Hulk, Captain Marvel. The fight was also very quick. They they don't even know how to, they, you know how to use the powers, but they choose the worst ones. Why are we using Drax' powers, not Thanos' powers? Like, they chose like the weakest Avengers powers to use besides Captain Marvel. It's so stupid. Ugh, and then Gravik dies, and Gaia is now the most powerful Marvel character. I think this is such a stupid, stupid decision to go with on a TV show. You make this development. They said Captain Marvel was the strongest person in the entire universe. That's what Kevin Feige said himself, and then maybe Scarlet Witch too. Now you have someone who has all those abilities. How do you think that's like gonna do for you all your movies? It just, oh, it's just such a really stupid decision. I hope they just retcon this. Just retcon it. And someone said Amelia Clark is zero for two on finales at this point. I like the Game of Thrones finale though, but for most people, she's zero for two on finales. Uh, but Gaia now teams up with Sonya, and now they're going to work to help the world and the scrolls. Like how we won't bring. They, I did like though that they said they're not going to bring love and friendship into it, like Nick Fury and Talos. So that's going to be better. I like that little line. But the episode ends with Fury and Priscilla going up to space. You know, looking to talk peace with the Kree, and now they're kissing and stuff. I don't really care. I don't. I, Priscilla's a new character, so she didn't really grab me. I, did, I, never, I didn't believe in the relationship we had with Fury, and think her character kind of sucked. Why can we? Why can't we kill her and not Talos? I think Fury and Talos should have been like best friends till the end of it, and then they could solve the Kree stuff. I don't. I don't like Priscilla. This. No end credit scene. I was at least looking forward to that. I was like, okay, maybe we'll get a fun end credit scene except the Marvels or Captain America or something or Armor Wars. Nope. We didn't get that. Just need this matter. I don't see any of this being really addressed in the Marvels. It's not really Armor Wars. Maybe not even Captain America. When will this stuff? Even the, when will it get addressed? And really, the show was not needed. You don't need to watch it. Fury actually made things worse. The show ended up worse than it began. 
both in like the story itself and then quality wise. So <laughs> it's just baffling. It's a $212 million show. You don't even see that on screen. The writing is awful. And we just wasted some amazing actors, except Olivia Coleman. Of course she delivered. I loved every scene with her, but it's this awful, awful show. And it's probably the worst Disney plus show ever produced. Do not watch the show. And I know some of you are like, it's no worse than Cap- no, not worse than She-Hulk. She-Hulk, I liked more than half the episodes. The Daredevil episode was good. The stuff with Wong and Madison with a Y. The ending kind of sucked, but I had fun with that show. It made me laugh every now and then. This, this I did not have fun with. It just made me like actively mad at the person who wrote this and how they didn't even use the comic. They didn't even use the comic to write this. One of the best comics of all time, and they didn't even use it to write this. I'm just so bad at how they fumbled what was an excellent, excellent comic book story. I guess the next show to review after this awful show, I, I really loved coming out of Mandalorian. I reviewed that week by week. I reviewed Last of Us week by week. That was great. I reviewed Mandalorian week by week. Now this, this was really bad. I'm not even going to rank the episodes like I did with Last of Us and Mandalorian because I don't, I think two is probably the best one, but other than that, they all are suck. Probably six is the worst one, to be honest. They all suck. I hate them all. Even two, which I liked. I hate it now because the whole show was bad. It's just really, really don't like this show. But as for next shows, talk about Only Murders in the Building. I might do like the first episode review. Maybe I'll do it weekly. I don't know. We'll see how much I like it. If not, then Ahsoka probably. We just got that first trailer for Only Murders in the Million Season 3. That looks pretty good, but probably next weekly review I'll do will probably be Ahsoka. So yeah, Secret Evasion, bad. Don't watch it. But as for next week, I want to talk about the two films. We got two films coming out next week. Something with more excitement in it. And the first one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Mayhem, which comes out, I think, on like Tuesdays. So start my review pretty early. Seeing these films on Tuesday, I could do if I could have done a double feature with the Meg, but it comes out so early, early, so I'm gonna see it earlier. But no one has made up a catchy name for that though yet, like Barbenheimer. I wonder if they're gonna do something with that with Mutant Meg or something like that. The trailers have been cute for this. But I haven't been blown away at all. I actually used to be obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles probably about seven years ago-ish. I used to, like, love these. My favorite was Leonardo. My brother's was Raphael, the red one. So we used to love them. But the animation style, I like. It's kind of Spider-Verse, the animation style. The voice actors, kids. Kids do a good job. And then you have all these celebrities, which it just seems like a weird balance. The sequel is already in the works, though. And TV show that said on Paramount Plus is set between the first and second film. So I'm going to have a fun time. I'm not super excited for it. And then as for the other film that I actually am really excited for is the Meg 2. I am I, I am 100% looking forward to it. I love the first Meg. It looks to be insane. If this, if it's going over the top, I just want it to be way over the top where I'm just laughing my butt off. Please, please just make it as insane as possible. If you're making it insane, just go totally insane. There's not even a second trailer for this film. Warner Brothers spent all of the money all of their money on Barbie. Which I, I don't think the first film got a second trailer either, which I thought was weird. So they're just like repeating history. Hopefully it works out the best. But I think they're advertising it in China though, because it has like the biggest movie star in China in it. But I love sharks. I love dinos and prehistoric crap. And if it just gives me that, I will be very, very, very happy. But that'll do it for this week's early episode of Seeing It All. Thank you all for so much for listening. Did you see Barbie? Did you see Oppenheimer? I would expect most of you to have seen Barbie at this point. Did you watch Secret Invasion at all? I know most people didn't. And I really don't like it. So I don't recommend checking that out. Did you see the new Marvel trailer? Do you watch Invincible? I highly recommend checking that out. So make sure make sure you check out Invincible. Just, just you should watch it. If you can handle it. If you can handle it. So yeah. Haunted Mansion review should come pretty soon. I'm going to try to see it sometime this weekend. It just didn't fit into my schedule just yet. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Have a good night now. Bye-bye.